over many years, I have experienced this myself personally, and I have seen and experienced it with others uh, that I have worked with over the years many, many times. And what I'm talking about is um, that when our heart finds those few special written lines, <clears throat> that that those written lines speak it. In other words, they speak our whereabouts, they speak our context, they speak our deeper feelings, even with more articulation than sometimes we have been able to express it. Well, then we're goners. We are absolute goners, but we're goners in the sense that we want to be, um, in the sense that uh, the heart seeks its own reflected images. And images, I think, of joy, of grieving, of wonder, of awe. And why is this? Why is this? Well, um, as I was thinking this morning, perhaps it's community, uh, that feeling of, of uh, kinship. Perhaps it's a kind of solace, uh, particularly for those more difficult uh, feelings that we have. Or maybe it's some version of all these yearnings together. But I want to bring today in today's um, podcast that I'm that I've called the language of your broken joyful heart, I want to bring some of my most um, loved lines of poetry, some of the lines of poetry that others have uh, responded to in such uh, positive ways. I want to bring those uh, some of these uh, lines that I'm going to bring today. I've read, oh, I don't know a lot of times because I've read millions by now of lines of poetry and many of those in the presence of others. Um, I'm calling this, of course, the language of your broken, joyful heart. That's today's theme. And uh, on Poetry, Passion and Pleasure podcast. And you know, this is the place where poetry meets our everyday lives. So let's, uh, let's jump right in. I've got a number of these just a little piece of a poem, a few lines, and uh, we will jump right into it. Uh, the first uh, goes like this. Tell a wise person, tell a wise person, or else keep silent. For those who do not understand will mock it right away. I praise what is truly alive. I praise what is truly alive, what longs to be burned to death. Tell a wise person or else keep silent. For those who do not understand will mock it right away. I praise what is truly alive, what longs to be burned to death. Now, of course, um, that is from the famous uh, Goethe poem called um, The Holy Longing. Those are a few lines from that poem. This is a translation from the original German by the brilliant translator Robert Bly. Uh, we'll hear from him a little bit later today. And I think for me and for many others, these words help us to know to how to protect. It's a perfect few lines for reminding us to protect um, our uh, most precious and vulnerable ideas and feelings. Is it when it says, tell a wise person or else keep silent. For those who do not understand, we'll mock it right away. Those are great lines to memorize so that we can remember these lines when we need them. 
And uh, the, uh, the other thing is that we can also be reminded that sometimes we need to speak our most precious, vulnerable new ideas to the most, to the wisest part of ourselves as well as uh, to others. Um, so that's the first piece. Let's get right into the second. Okay. Um, it goes like this. And I'll tell you the title and the poet in just a minute. The few lines go like this. If you don't know, if you don't know the kind of person I am, and I don't know the kind of person that you are, then a pattern that others made may prevail in the world, and following the wrong God home, we may miss our star. If you don't know the kind of person I am, and I don't know the kind of person you are, a pattern that others made may prevail in the world, and following the wrong God home, we may miss our star. Those are the words of the amazing poet William Stafford, and that poem is uh, called A Ritual to Read to Each Other. And for me, it tells me when I remember these lines, when I get this poem and use it for first aid, um, it reminds me that we are more resilient in community. We are more resilient when we know each other. And when I know other and you know me, we are more resilient, stronger, happier, more satisfied. And the bonus, particularly for these times, is that we are way less vulnerable to the demagogue that would split people and, and put people uh, against one another, set them against one another for their own purposes. So um, it's a great poem to remember by William Stafford. Okay, let's keep cooking. Now, I'm hoping that what I'm doing is I am uh, wetting your appetite so that you will scurry over and uh, you will do a search on these poems and get the whole poem uh, in addition to these lines that I think for me and many others have been so memorable. Uh, okay, here's another one. One day, one day you finally knew what you had to do and began, though the voices around you kept shouting their bad advice, though the whole house began to tremble and you felt the old tug at your ankles mend my life, each voice cried. One day you finally knew, you finally knew what you had to do and began the voices around you kept shouting their bad advice, though the whole house began to tremble and you felt the tug at your ankles. Mend my life, mend my life, each voice cried. Of course, that is the amazing poem called The Journey by Mary Oliver. And I can tell you that this poem has been one of those, uh, it's been a cash crop for me for many years, personally, and with so many others, who that poem helped remind them of their own mission and purpose and agency in life. So many people that have loved this poem. I hope you too. And uh, it also reminds us that um, uh, 
that we need to celebrate our own agency, uh, as I said here, and that uh, to avoid those that would give us bad advice, of course, but just like the Goethe poem, to also avoid those parts of ourselves. Have you noticed that sometimes give you that we give ourselves bad advice? So it's for both outer voices and inner voices. Okay, let's keep cooking. Here's the next one. Okay, goes like this. The lines first, then the poet and the poem. Okay, the wind one brilliant day, the wind one brilliant day called to my soul with an odor of jasmine. The wind one brilliant day called, called to my soul with an odor of jasmine. In return for the odor of my jasmine, I'd like all the odor of your roses, but I have no roses. All the flowers in my garden are dead. The wind one brilliant day called to my soul with an odor of jasmine. In return for the odor of my jasmine, I'd like all the odor of your roses, but I have no roses. All the flowers in my garden are dead. Well, that is from the amazing Spanish poet Antonio Machada. That poem is called The Wind, One Brilliant Day. And that uh, particular translation from the original Spanish was done by the brilliant Robert Bly. I told you that we were going to see him and hear from him again today. So if you want to look, look that whole poem up, the Wind, One Brilliant Day by Antonio Machada. And it is an amazing poem for those days when we are in a grieving space and when we need to make a statement of loss and lament. And uh, interestingly and paradoxically enough, if you experiment with this, you may find that paradoxically to speak more fully of our losses to more fully give voice to our laments will often make you feel better, make us feel better. Okay. These are going to be all desserts today. <laughs> all amazing lines of poetry. And I hope uh, one or more of these speak to you as well and you want to stash them away. Okay. Let's just jump into the lines like we've been doing. My heart rouses, my heart rouses, thinking to bring you news. My heart rouses, thinking to bring you news of something that concerns you and concerns many men, many women. Look at what passes for the new. Look at what passes for the new. You will not find it there. But in the old despised poems, it is hard, it is hard to get the news from poems. Yet men die miserably, yet women die miserably every day, every day for the lack of what is found there. It is hard to get the news from poems, yet men die miserably, yet women die miserably every day, every day for the lack of what is found there. I got to tell you, um, I could I could talk for a very long time about this poem. This is uh, this is the origin story of my own love of poetry. 
I first heard that poem mm, close to around 30 years ago now when I fell in love, smitten so bad by poetry. And um, and I just, it, it, it gave me that inkling and it took me a long time to, to think that this was, there was any seriousness in that because I originally thought, how could anyone say that about poetry? Because like so many others, I had marginalized poetry as though it was some special rarefied thing. But then, but then it got me. These lines and many, many other lines, like the ones I'm saying today, got me. And I realized that poems are just good stories without the boring parts. They're amazing ways to uh, have the heart be reflected in language, to see ourselves kindred in an other person's words and the feeling that we're talking about is so uh, pleasurable. It's so amazing. We feel so, uh, you know, we feel like we actually belong, or at least that's the possibility. Okay, let's keep going. Um, oh, did I say, I'm sorry if I didn't say that was, um, that those lines, my heart rouses thinking to bring you news. That is from a, a fairly long poem called Asphodel, that greeny flower, Asphodel, that greeny flower. And the poet is William Carlos Williams. Okay, check that out. The whole poem, it's wonderful. Okay, so our next piece. Let's change gears here. It is possible that I am pushing through solid rock. It's possible that I am pushing through solid rock in flint-like layers as the ore lies alone I am such a long way in, I see no way through, and no space. Everything is close to my face, and everything close to my face is stone. It's possible I'm pushing. It is possible I'm pushing through solid rock in flint-like layers. As the ore lies alone, I am such a long way in, I see no way through. In no space, everything is close to my face, and everything close to my face is stone, is stone. That is none other than the amazing German poet Rilke, and that is translated again by Robert Bly. That's our third one. He's a brilliant was a brilliant translator. He's no longer with us on this plane, but his work travels on, Robert Bly. But this is the Rilke poem that is so amazing called Solid Rock, Solid Rock by um, Rainier Maria Rilke. Rilke. And um, I think to me, um, sometimes to speak the raw truth of our most um, difficult feelings this poem for me is a is a description of depression, one of the best I've ever heard. And again, when we speak our heart, when we reflect our heart as it actually feels, oftentimes paradoxically, it shifts us into a better state, a lighter state, to speak it fully, even the most difficult, like this poem. 
Everything is close to my face and everything close to my face is stone. And that's how depression can often feel. Okay. One last few lines of poems. And again, I've hope, I hope I've piqued your interest in these poems, the larger, the full poem. Okay, this is uh, the starting lines from a poem, and it goes like this. One of my favorites from all time, and a favorite of many people I've worked with. Stand still. Stand still. The trees ahead and the bushes beside you are not lost. Wherever you are is a place called here. And you must treat it as a powerful stranger. Seek to know it and to be known. Stand still. The trees ahead and the bushes beside you are not lost. Wherever you are is called here. And you must treat it as a powerful stranger. You must treat it as a powerful stranger. Must ask permission to know it and be known. And be known. I have been working in this uh, on this podcast for some time now about our human uh, relationship with what we call the natural world. Of course, we are nature. There is no such thing as out there environment. We are nature. <laughs> and this poem helps us realize the sentience in the natural world, or again, what we call the natural world. These trees are not lost. These bushes are not lost. Wherever you are is a place called here. That poem is called Lost, L-O-S-T, Lost, by the amazing poet David Wagner. Look that poem up. You'll find that it's not a very long poem. That's the start of it I just gave you. And uh, my promise is, you will like, I think, if you like these first four, four lines, you're going to love the whole poem. Um, and because we are nature, we are healed in more natural settings. Trees, rivers, mountains, they're all living, sentient beings. My idea is let's work with that understanding for a while because the other understanding of us being separate from, dominating, uh, alienated from nature is not working out so well have you noticed have you noticed okay so the language of your broken joyful heart that's what we've been talking about today and that is a wrap i hope i have piqued your interest and more importantly gain your heart's attention um sending you off to find these poems uh, of course let me know in the comments uh, if you're having a hard time finding any of these points, let me know. I'll I'll see to it that you find the point. And uh, again, as I say, that is a wrap for today. And uh, I hope some of these lines have spoken and interested and uh, healed and piqued the interest of your heart and your mind as well, of course. Okay, thanks again for listening. Thanks so much for your listening ear. Take good care of yourself, and until next time and next poems, please, please take good care of yourself and, if you can, someone else. <laughs>